Good morning. It is Monday. Oh, God. Hold on. Oh, what a snafu. Hello. Hello. Sorry, I forgot I had it on loop there. Just kept playing. Hope you all are having a lovely Monday, or as lovely as a Monday can be. Good morning. I'm at my standing desk. Yes, I have two little two little buns at the top of my head, and I noticed that they were very sticky outy. And at first I was going to go to put them away, but then I thought, what would 2002 Lizzie McGuire do? And I left them. I left them. Moira's being a little rascally rabbit today, so if you hear her jingling around, snorting around, being a little bad little girl, that's what's that's what's happening. She might be sweet. She might be sweet, though. You never know with her. Oh, good morning. Thanks for joining, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi. Okay. You know what? Everyone focus. Everyone focus in. I feel like this is too much in my face. I have it up on this fancy arm now that's attached to my desk. Because I'm just a professional. All right. Let's see. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh get me out of here as the headline for for this one uh yeah okay hold on i gotta everyone hold on oh gosh what really is a monday isn't it isn't it where's my no where There it is. Hello. Hello. All right. Everyone focus. Okay. So here's what's happening. Okay. After 15 votes, 15 votes, old Kevin McCarthy is now Speaker of the House. Look how proud he is of himself. There is nothing to be proud of here. There is nothing to be proud of. Okay. How we got here is frankly unnerving. It's unnerving. And the prospects for us being able to get anything done in this country moving forward, yeah, not looking good. Prognosis, bad. Um, basically, the reason why this happened is because in a small faction of far-right Republicans were able to derail the entirety of the House of Representatives. Because they knew that the Republicans had such a slim majority that they could hold out and get what they want. And that's what they did. And it forced Mr. Kevin here to uh, make some concessions, some concessions that I don't feel great about. <laughs> I don't know about you. So one of the concessions he gave, gave included, uh, he promised that any increase in the country's debt limit would be paired with spending cuts. And the Republicans know that there inevitably will be an increase to the debt limit. There has to be. And so they included that because they knew that would get them a hell of a lot of leverage. So a little backstory on that. The debt limit is the limit 
on the amount of debt that we can take out as a country. It's a congressionally set limit. And our country takes out debts because we are operating in a budget deficit. And so in order to pay our bills, we have to take out debts. Love that for us. Basically like a well-oiled state-sanctioned Ponzi scheme. But I think that's just how governments function. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, we basically we run on... So Republicans think we run on budget deficits because we spend too much money and it hurts people. I don't know. I think we run on a budget deficit because we let billionaires and multimillionaires run around in this country and get away without paying the government any money at all in exchange for exploiting a portion of our population. Love that for us. Love that for us. Uh, but even though we do have a deficit, we still need to pay our bills and our other debts, so we borrow more debt to pay for it. It's basically like opening more and more credit cards to pay off your bills instead of just finding a better paying job, for example. So Republicans have the idea that if we raise the debt limit, then we also have to include spending cuts as well. Which, like, if you take a step back from a personal budgeting standpoint, that kind of makes sense. Common wisdom is you cut your spending when you're not making enough money to cover your bills. Um, but first of all, a hot personal finance tip, that's, that's some old school thinking. You're frankly better off figuring out how to make more money by using your skills to launch a side hustle or... Uh, negotiating your salary with your boss or jumping from job to job to get higher salaries, you are better off doing that than sitting down and trying to scrimp together $100 in savings off your bills every month. Because yeah, maybe you'll save a couple hundred bucks or you could get a raise for a couple thousand bucks or a side hustle that'll make you a couple thousand bucks, potentially a couple thousand bucks a month if you work at it. But that's a conversation for another day. The point is that in personal finance, you are not in charge of making sure that 300 million people are fed and clothed, and you're also not dealing with millionaires who pay you zero taxes. So this isn't really a personal finance situation, but I guess in the personal finance analogy, you kind of are dealing with an exploitative boss who's withholding his riches from you instead of sharing the wealth by increasing everyone's salary. So yeah, I guess in both personal finance and in the larger government, Greedy billionaires and multimillionaires are ruining everything. Sick. Anyway, kind of got off track. But during the speaker negotiations, that small faction of far-right representatives made it clear that it would continue to pull this same shit, holding out until it got major concessions on future bills, specifically spending bills. And if they do that, it could lead to government shutdowns. Or if they do that, it could mean that we don't end up raising our debt limit which could lead to default on government debt, which could lead to a financial crisis on a global scale because a lot of other countries depend on the United States Treasury for being not volatile. Because if we don't raise our debt limit, we don't pay our bills and we default on all of our other debts. And because these Republicans want this concession of if we raise the debt limit, then we need spending cuts. That's something that, that, that Democrats are almost certainly not going to agree to do. 
So it's basically guaranteeing a government shutdown or like a full default on our debts. Okay. So it's not good. And I'm not just making, I'm not trying to fear monger you. Maybe it won't come to pass. We've certainly come close to not raising the debt limit in the past. Back in 2011, I read, I don't remember it, but I read that that was a thing. Um, uh, but the prognosis is not good. And like, for example, Republican Representative Ralph Norman, who was a holdout, who eventually voted for McCarthy because of the concessions, he's quoted by the New York Times as saying, is he willing to shut the government down rather than raise the debt ceiling? That's a non-negotiable item. Which I don't know if they're being short-sighted and saying like, oh, it's just going to be a government shutdown and not like a global financial crisis. Or if they're like, yeah, I'm willing to go down the road of a global financial crisis to get what I want. In which case, I feel like their constituents should be, I don't know, questioning them. But something tells me they're not. Something they something tells me they think that these far-right holdouts are like the underdog coming in and sticking it to the man. Uh, by the way, we're expected to hit our debt limit by the end of the summer. So if we don't raise it by the end of the summer, who knows what will happen. Other concessions include that Lawmakers now get more time to read and debate legislation, and they get to propose unlimited changes to legislation, which in theory sounds like a good idea. Like, yeah, we want our lawmakers to like take the time to read legislation and fully debate it. But in practice, in the past, when this has been a rule or has been implemented in some way, it just means that Congress gets absolutely fucking nothing done. So this will give lawmakers a lot of tools to stand in the way of future legislation. This is basically... Like Ron Swanson times 20 on steroids. If you'll remember, Ron Swanson joined the government of Pawnee because he did not believe in government and he wanted to just muck up the system and make sure that as little money as possible was spent. Which, when written at the time, was an absurdist extreme parody of Republicans. Uh, and now we've we've got 20 Ron Swansons running the House of Representatives. And it's not even as fun because Ron Swanson is daddy. And I guarantee you, none of these Republican lawmakers are daddy. So what's even the point? All right. And the, the big problem is, or like a more conceptual problem is when we have this small group of far right Republicans who can come in and hold up the entirety of our government functioning, that means we have minority majority rule, meaning the minority is taking over what the majority wants. The minority is doing and running things instead of the majority, which is something that the framers of the Constitution railed against. Minority rule. And something that people on the far right also rail against because they claim that it's happening from the elite in Washington. But now their own people are doing it, but I'm sure they're out there cheering them on. Like I said, acting as though these people are like the amazing, brave fighter warrior underdogs, the way that every far right Republican paints him or herself out to be generally like basically they're Jesus fighting against persecution. The cognitive dissonance is deafening it is deafening so yeah i don't feel great about where things are as i was reading all these articles this morning it was making me like real jittery like whoo i'm going to visit portugal in march maybe i just won't take my flight home you know like it makes makes me real jumpy this type of shit
All right, let me let me read some of your comments. Let me read some of your comments. Um. <clears throat> yeah, Lisa, we need a system where the majority have power and not the bullies. It's just I don't even know what that system would look like. Maybe I don't know. In like I don't know what that system would look like within the confines of what the system is here right now. yeah the price to simply survive lately has become astronomical where i live like literally debating between food and diapers level high with two household incomes that is insanity that is no way to live uh and it's not about skimping and saving sorry i don't mean to get on like a whole personal finance tangent i've been reading i just read this book called we should all be millionaires by rachel rogers highly recommend especially if you are in business like a small business owner um, her whole thesis is like women and minorities should have more access to capital because that's power, whether you, you can debate about capitalism all day if you want, but like at the end of the day, the system that we exist in right now, money is power. Historically, when money, when women have money, they tend to reinvest it in their communities and in their children at a much higher rate than men do. Women led, like women CEOs, women led companies tend to perform better female investors tend to make better money than male investors like women and minorities but her main thesis in her book is women uh they just they should be making more money so her thesis is not scrimp and save because we've all been shamed for like being frivolous women who buy our lattes and don't know how to save money because we're eating avocado toast all day um you could do that or you could just like figure out how to use your ingenuity and make more fucking money. Anyway, uh, moving on. Okay. Let me see these comments. Right. Republicans will give tax cuts to corporations and increase military spending, I assume you meant, to inflate the debt even more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are they? Why are we spending billions on the military? Yeah, y'all think inflation is bad. Wait until we default. It's um scary. Oh, sexfine.info. Thank you for dropping into the chat. Thank you. Yeah, cut spending is just a gimmick to neuter the government and protect the wealthy. It has been happening over and over. Thank you so much, Ronald Reagan. Ugh, I hate it. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know why we're talking about feet pics in the chat. But I approve. Oh, my God. U.S. Debt Clock. I don't know if I want to go to that website. <laughs> that sounds bad. But, you know, I guess there's a resource for you if you want it. Ron Swanson is daddy. I originally watched uh, Parks and Rec in, like, you know, 2011 <clears throat> in college. And uh, didn't get it. Uh, but upon rewatching like last year, Ron Swanson makes my little heart go pitter patter. That is, that's my type. Sorry, not Republican, but the look, the attitude. I always consider myself like a, uh, I'm Ron Swanson uh, in a Leslie Note body. 
you see me, you think Leslie, no, but I open my mouth and it's Ron Swanson minus the Republicanism. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I love a poison the well mentality. I just like it when it was more spiking the punch and less passing around the Jesus juice. Yeah. 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 It's true. He has a heart of gold in the end. Yeah. Service member holds your pay hostage when the government shuts down. Like it doesn't make sense, especially because so many of these people tout how amazing the military is and how much they honor and respect the military people, but they're willing to completely fuck up their lives to, I don't know, get what they want. Electoral college is minority rule. It's true. Like the Democrats have lost one election in the last like 30 years or something. Did I say that right? De Democrats have lost one election in the last like 30 years. Double check my fact on that. But they've only lost one election in a very long time from the a popular voice, vote standpoint. But then the, the electoral college comes in and mucks it up. Ugh. Let's see. Okay, I need to catch up. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, you hear Moira? Yeah, she's asleep. She's asleep. Yeah, these people only care about themselves. <sighs> That's true. Ron was a libertarian. Not that I'm... I'm not saying libertarians are much better. Uh, I went on a date with a couple libertarians once. Two separate dates. Two different libertarians. They fucking sucked. I didn't realize they were libertarians going into it in my defense. All right. Feed picks equals quit your day job. It works for some. I saw a TikTok yesterday of a girl. God, what? She's basically a sugar baby, but she didn't go. Like, I, I remember the old sugar. I remember back in my day. I never did it. I thought about it very hard, but I was too scared. Um, there's like seeking arrangements, but she was talking about some other website that she was on where she went on. It was like a date for pay situation. But it was like explicitly more of a let's like we're going on a date. And she said she went on a date with like an 80 year old man. And like it was a perfectly pleasant conversation. And then she mentioned she was going to go to Urban Outfitters afterwards. And he came with her and bought $500 worth of Urban Outfitters stuff for her. So she says she pays her rent with it. Like just going on dates for pay. I don't remember. I don't remember what the, the website was. But OK, sorry. I want to hear about this AI lawyer thing. Let's talk about it let's let's get to that let's do that i'm actually gonna remove the get me out of here banner for that because uh i feel a little bit less hopeless about this situation i guess okay ai an ai robot will be advising a defendant in court next month for the first time in history it's true it's true i'm not i'm not punking you you're not unpunked it's an algorithm 
created by a company called Do Not Pay that bills itself as the world's first robot lawyer. And I will, I'm going to say I called this, okay? In my AI video, I said, I don't think that lawyers will necessarily be replaced, but I think that AI will be a very helpful tool for non-represented people, pro se defendants or pro se litigants in general. Um, I assumed when I made that prediction that it would be like being able to go and use ChatGPT or a program to help you draft legal documents or your legal argument or your brief or to ask it questions about your legal position, um, all of which I think AI would be like generally relatively good at. 100% accurate? Absolutely not. Would I recommend going to a lawyer above AI? Yes. But if you don't have the funds, I think it is a very powerful tool to maybe move the needle a little closer to equality when it comes to access for justice, which I'm a big proponent of. That's why I started on YouTube to begin with. Okay. So I assumed it'd be, you know, outside of court prepping for court. I did not assume it would be in court, which is what's happening here. So basically what happens, it, it's an app. It runs on a smartphone, which will be located in the defendant's pocket. And the defendant will be wearing earbuds. And the AI will listen during the hearing and it will advise the defendant on what to say after it listens to the arguments presented during the hearing. And if you're like, how the fuck is this allowed? It's not. <laughs> it's not. Uh, courtroom protocol bans phones and internet connected devices in a lot of jurisdictions. Um, this company, Do Not Pay, is planning on paying any fines that this person might receive. Might receive. So it's over a speeding ticket. Um, and it's an interesting PR tactic by this company, Do Not Pay, because they're announcing that they're doing this, that the first AI robot lawyer will be in court, but they're not saying where and they're not saying who um, to protect that, that defendant. Um, they're getting in whatever court they're going to. It's through a loophole to in the accessibility rules that require the court to allow people to wear AirPods if they have an accessibility need. Um, which again, is abusing the loophole. Like that's not what the loophole is for, but they're, they're doing it. Um, and, and, uh, they haven't announced where in the country is taking place, just that it's happening in February. And like in the entire country, there are literally thousands of speeding ticket hearings in any given month. So there's really no way to find out. Um, they also announced that they'll be working with a separate defendant over a speeding ticket in Zoom court, so not in in-person court. And they said they were debating, well, if they should use a teleprompter or a synthetic voice, which like both are absolutely not allowed in Zoom court. Basically, what they're doing is they're taking a calculated risk. They're assuming that courts are not going to punish speeding ticket holders who use AI with anything more than a fine. Like they're not going to put these people in jail for bringing AI into the courtroom. They might sanction and fine them. And those are fines that the co the company is willing to cover for this experiment to see whether legal-based AI can exist in the courtroom or how far it can go. And frankly, I think it's pretty brilliant, okay? I mean, we could talk about the shortcomings of AI all day, but I really think that AI assistance, like I said, could be an amazing breakthrough for pro se litigants. I am not sure that it will actually ever really be allowed in courts. I don't know that this is going to work, but I think that using it by pro se litigants to better understand the law and their own legal positions could be a real boon for people who can't afford lawyers, which is like most people. Okay. Is my job as a lawyer at risk? Maybe, probably not. Maybe though. I did find this article from back in 2018 
So using even older AI than we have available now, an algorithm was able to beat 20 lawyers at analyzing the legal risks of a non-disclosure agreement. It learned from tens of thousands of legal documents. It used an algorithm. It beat 20 lawyers in a legal analysis. Okay. Um, I don't think lawyers are ever going to go away, but I think that lawyers that adapt to AI quickly will absolutely have a leg up over lawyers who don't, because frankly, I think very few lawyers will adapt today to AI because the law is historically significantly entrenched in tradition and like the old school way of doing things. I've said this before. There are judges who literally don't use email. Um, not many, but there are some, like there are some old fucking lawyers. I was in court last week with a, a lawyer who must have been, I don't know, 90. Like he was ancient. There's a lot of those out there. That guy's not fucking using AI anytime soon. Okay. The ones who do though, I think will benefit greatly from it because it will help increase output, which could help increase salary or help lower legal costs, lawyer costs for clients, which would be great. I think that we all know AI is not 100% accurate. So having a lawyer there to double check things is definitely still going to be necessary. Who knows what AI is going to be like in five years or 10 years, but being a lawyer who knows how to use AI in your legal practice is absolutely going to put you far and ahead beyond someone who does not. And I think that the American Bar Association and ABA chapters in all the states need to hop to it, get on their toes and start making some ethics rules around the use of AI in the legal profession. Because the truth, the reality is that lawyers are going to be using AI if they're already doing it. I'm certain of it. Um, and so we need to know the rules and the laws around what AI is allowed. And so this experiment of bringing this AI lawyer into court, I think is brilliant. I'm fascinated to see what the outcome is. I assume, well, I don't know. If, I don't know if they'll get caught, frankly. Um, I'm sh I assume that if they do get caught, there will be consequences and like a court, but it, it's basically, it's creating consequences so that eventually a court is going to have to rule on whether this is allowed or not and create the parameters. And so I think it would behoove the American Bar Association and lawmakers to uh, get out in front of it and maybe make some laws instead of just waiting for judges to make that determination. But something tells me it's not going to happen because every time there's new technology in the law, no one knows what to do about it. No one knows what to do about it. So, and I, I really like, maybe, maybe I'll look back on this in five years and be like, LOL, she was an idiot. AI was a joke. But like AI feels very different from Bitcoin, from uh, NFTs, you know, like it doesn't, it's not a fake, there's not fake value being placed on a, a ridiculous thing, you know, that's just being built into value because of sheer hype and nothing more. AI's value is already showing itself. And I think a lot, I saw this guy on, on TikTok yesterday who was saying that he thinks a lot of millionaires and billionaires are going to be made from an AI bubble, much like the the dot com bubble of the early two two thousands, late nineteen nineties, because like that's how big this is. I really think it's going to change kind of how we function in society, in our jobs, in the way we work, etc.
All right. What do you guys think? Let me see your let me see your your comments. <laughs> Just stack dozens of iPhones on top of each other and put them in a suit. They'll never get caught. I imagine a lot of lawyers could already be using AI to do some of their writing. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm in family law, which frankly doesn't require a ton of writing. But if I was in a practice area where I had to be like writing a lot of briefs, a hundred percent, I would be using it. I, I would not use it and then just copy and paste it and submit it to a court. But I would use it to form, to create a base from which to work off of, which is like half the battle when you're facing just a blank document. Or even if you have a template that you're working off of, just having someone else to do the base work and then you come in with your higher level expertise and you edit it. I mean, that's like hiring a like entry-level copywriter without having to pay anyone. That's huge. Will the AI scream objection if necessary? That's the thing. They're not a real lawyer. They're saying it's a, they're calling it a robot lawyer, but it's an AI legal assistant and no legal assistant can walk into a court of law and yell objection, you know? So I think legal assistant is a much better term to use for something like this than lawyer. <sighs> I wonder if the AI could translate for non-English speakers. That's a great, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I think it would have to. So right now, court um, translators have to go through a lot of training. And frankly, it is, I'm endlessly impressed by how, like what court translators can do. It's a pain in the ass to work with a translator, not because they're they're lovely, but like I have like, clients or I don't have a client, but I have a, a client who the opposing party, it doesn't speak English. And especially when you're in zoom court, you have to remember, like you say something and every, the whole thing has to pause so that the translator can translate every single word that's said, because that's like how the justice, like we want to make sure that someone who doesn't speak English as a first language knows exactly every word that's being said in court. That's important. And I think translators are a huge, play a huge role in our justice system. And I think AI, I don't know that AI is at a point to that I would trust it to do a good job at doing that 100% accurately, but I bet it could get there. I bet it could get there. And I think that could be cool. Or at the very least, it could be a really helpful tool for people, again, who don't have lawyers or don't have translators and are trying to navigate the legal system and the legal documents that they're being served or that they need to turn in. Yeah, might be helpful for neurodivergent folks. Uh, who knows? Yeah, Moira, yeah. Moira's deep in it. Her little legs are twitching. Yeah, she's out. AI could definitely curate some excellent feed pics. I bet AI could create interesting feed pics. To what degree is emotional intelligence deemed necessary as a lawyer? <laughs> I mean, to be a good lawyer, yes. Uh, there are many lawyers out there <laughs> with severe lack of emotional intelligence that are 
still lawyers. So, you know, no, I, I don't think I, I could compensate for emotional intelligence, but uh, there's a lot of lawyers out there who are making lots of money with zero emotional intelligence. So Lord knows though. We talked about this last week. I think uh, I read a, an article that was an interview with a AI expert. And she said that common sense is very difficult for AI to grasp. And I think I don't, I don't have this fully thought out. I, I don't know what I would put my finger on that requires common sense as a lawyer, but I feel like there's some common sense that is required to draw some conclusions and make some connections while practicing law that maybe AI would struggle with. <sighs> Let's see. Yeah, way easier to edit something that exists. Don't forget to subscribe to both channels. Can we replace Biden with AI? I mean, maybe. Wow, Moira's at it. Teacher friends obsessed with AI. Yeah, I think education as we know it is done. I don't think there's any student out there that's not toying with AI and figuring out how to make their life easier with it. Do you think course will use AI for things like TD setting? I don't know what TD setting is, but maybe do you mean like hearings, like like scheduling things uh, in that case? But yeah, probably. I mean, I think a lot of like, well, I don't know, because again, there are judges who don't use email. So that would require the judges to know how to use the AI to get the, it to do things. So yeah. Yeah, I think AI could... And the use of it is good for some tasks, but how well can it replace human aspect? I'm not convinced. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that there's certainly a human element that's very missing from AI. And uh, I don't know that it's going to ever replace. I don't think it's going to fully replace jobs. I think it's going to change jobs. I think it's going to change the way you do your job because the people who adopt AI to do their job are going to do it better probably. They're going to have a leg up. Yeah. What about AI in medicine, research, simulations, et cetera? Yeah, there's so much. There's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't know. And we need to, yeah, we need to rethink our education system anyways. I think that's a good point. Maybe this will be the impetus. Feels like us changing from coal to electricity. That's right. Can AI, can AI get rid of capitalism? Can we just, mm, hey, chat GPT, get rid of capitalism. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's that on that. Moving on to consumption corner. Uh, I've been reading a lot of books lately, you guys. I've been having a fun time reading books. I kind of fell out of the, I very much fell out of the practice of reading for fun, um, during law school and then during the pandemic, cause I was too depressed to read. Uh, so I've been doing it. It's great. I just finished a book called Milk Fed, which I've been meaning to read. I've been like halfway through it for like six months. Finally finished it. It's great. It's very queer. Highly recommend Milk Fed. I don't remember who the, the author is off the top of my head. 
It's about a um, bisexual Jewish gal with an eating disorder who lives in L.A. and meets a girl at an ice cream shop who she becomes infatuated with. And it's well-written. It's raunchy a little bit. It's uh, an easy read because it just flows. Like, it's so, it's good. It's entertaining. Um, I am now, I just started, uh, the title is Milk Fed. And the cover has, like, a boob on it. Milk Fed. And now I'm starting the book called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Another novel. So far, it's great. I'm, like, I don't know, 20 pages into it. So far, the premise is a wealthy Manhattan girl um, has kind of a mental break and is in this, like, pill-induced stupor living off her dad's money in Manhattan and never leaving her apartment and just being depressed. Real uplifting. No, but it's fun. Like, it's written in kind of, like, a tongue-in-cheek, like, interesting way. Um, yeah. My my year of rest and relaxation. It was good. Or not was. It is good so far. I've heard it's great. Um, and then I also I just bought this book. I have it here on my desk because I just I opened the package. Um, it's called The Financial Feminist by Tori Dunlap. You've probably you might have seen her on TikTok. I don't know if you recognize her face. Uh, I think her TikTok handle is her first one thousand or sorry, her first one hundred thousand because she started a yeah, her first 100K, like dollar sign 100 letter K. Um, basically, she goes on TikTok and she's like, I'm a millionaire. And then she's like, why is that upsetting to you? Because I'm a woman in my 20s. Well, maybe she's 30. I don't know. I don't know how old she is. She's a young woman who's like, yeah, I make a lot of fucking money and women need to make more money. Clearly, I'm on I'm on a bit of a kick of like financial stuff. But um financial feminist i'm interested to read that too <sighs> that's that that's consumption corner that's what i've been consuming that and a lot of tiktok obviously uh it's 9 9 a.m and we have to get back to work people it's monday all right we have shit to do i have clients i need to call oh um that's all I got. I hope this was uh, informative for you. I certainly had an interesting time researching this today. Uh, let's see. Um, is there going to be a new video on the main channel this week? <coughs> I would like there to be. I don't know that that's realistic at this point, given it's Monday and I usually post a video on Wednesday. Mm, oops. Uh, I have been very busy because I have a new business launching February 1st. Okay. Uh, if you haven't signed up for those emails, why not? I don't have the link on me. I'm sorry. It's uh, I've talked about it in my, mm, I posted about it on my main channel in like the community feed. Uh, more news on that to come. You can sign up for emails if you want to know, but uh, launches February 1st, which is less than a month away. <laughs> it's fine. So I've been doing a lot of work on that, which means that like making new edited videos has kind of been on the back burner for just this month, just this month. And then we're coming back full steam. Okay. Just got a lot of work to do. So I'm going to go do that work. 
And uh, yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe, give me a thumbs up, whatever, whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for being here. I will see you probably not for a new video on Wednesday, but uh, definitely for another live on Thursday morning. Have a good day. Bye-bye.